rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new, let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this episode, we'll devise a fun way to determine whose turn it is to host, who picks the game, and who gets to start play. In our dice roll, we'll talk games where turn order really counts. And of course, a new escape room report, we return to one of our favorite locations, Trapped Escape Room in Upland, and share our current Friday favorites. Lauren, sometimes the hardest part about game night is getting things started. Yes. You know, sometimes it's, you know, everyone's gathered, maybe you've ordered the food or you're having the food or you've already eaten and now it's time to start play but the problem is that it's just you know what do we want to play i don't know what you want to play i don't know what do you it's you know it's like that scene from the vultures with in jungle book we're like i don't know what do you want to do i don't know what do you want to do <laughs> i think one of the biggest things with um why a lot of game nights or especially like reoccurring game nights fail is just that planning part of it yeah, you know, because as much as you want to have it be just a fun, spontaneous kind of, hey, uh-huh. we're having fun being loose, you do have to have some order to it. Otherwise, you can get deadlocked like mm-hmm. that, and that's kind of a kind of a mood killer. Yeah, you know. So we came up, you know, just in our experiences with game nights, and also for this episode of a few ways to kind of have some fun mm-hmm. with deciding whose turn is it to host game night. If you do do rotational or like, you know, it's not just one person's to pick the game and who goes first in that game. So first of all, let's talk about hosting, you know, because you can't have game night if you don't have a location. Yes. Right. Now, some people, the situations are different, you know, or it may change like, oh, I don't have a place big enough to host. Yeah, you don't have the space. You don't have a table, maybe. Or maybe you have a roommate or someone else you live with that, Mm -hmm. like, you can't bring people over like that, Uh you know? Um, And so, like, if you're out of the rotation, you're out of the rotation. There's nothing that Mm -hmm. we can suggest for there. Well, (laughs) yeah, well, I think, um, I think, you know, if. Maybe I just decided upon they don't have the space, they don't have the room, whatever. But I mean, they can always contribute elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. I think if you don't have the space and you can't kind of add to that part of the game night, at least then be kind enough to bring the food or bring the drinks or something to kind of make up for that fact that you can't host. Mm -hmm. And um, one system, I mean, normally in our experience, Mm -hmm. we kind of just, we have three different places we bounce between. Yeah. And we We end up at my house most often. Usually it's that. But I'm the the only one, yeah, I'm the only one who lives alone and I have a big table and, you know, things like that. It's just the most convenient for game night. But if, you know, we feel like you've done it like five times in a row and Mm -hmm. you'd like to go somewhere else or, you know, if just for some reason, like you're doing some work done in the house, you know, yeah. they're, they're, it's just not going to work out. Then we kind of decide whose other place we want to go to. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fine with us. But for other people who maybe want a bit more equality, you know, like to spread out some more. Of course, it's always the rotational system mm-hmm. of, you know, like, OK, it's your turn this week, Lauren. Then it's my turn. Then it's, you know, Chris's turn. Then it's Matt's turn. You know, mm-hmm. then Jenny's. That's fine. But I think we could come up with a more fun way to do yeah. this you know so i had a thought the other day and i think this is genius and this is the first time lauren's hearing this you guys are going to get her true reaction here <laughs> you decide who's going to ho- and of course this is based upon availability of the host like mm-hmm. life happens stuff comes up we're yeah. assuming that nothing's going to happen next week when you guys get together you decide on who's going to host based upon the position of players 
in the end result of a game. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. If everyone is kind of equally comfortable and yeah. life allows. Yeah, of course. I mean, part of the reason why sometimes we don't have it certain places or depending is because, you know, so-and-so, they just can't have it at their house that yeah. week. Or, you know, it's not a good week, you know. or Even, like, sometimes I'll just be like, you know what, I'm tired. Like, my house is messy. I don't really want people yeah. over. Or, know? like, to, to kind of uh, augment this and mm-hmm. change this up, I actually just thought of this right now. I would imagine the best thing you can do to really get competition is you have your list. What are the things that you always need for any game night? You need location. Mm-hmm. You need drinks. Mm-hmm. You need the main food. And then let's also say a dessert, mm-hmm. right? Like that's four technically different categories. Yeah. You can separate it out more if you needed to, mm-hmm. but whatever. So what if first player gets to pick which one of those four things they want to contribute next week? That works Second out. player then picks whatever's left, so on and so forth. Uh-huh. So if you come in last, you're stuck with yeah you know the the main deal yeah. the main dinner sorry mm-hmm. you know and of course like try to make it so it's equal in terms of like financial contribution yeah stuff, very you know? true but uh i think that be, could be pretty mm-hmm. fun yeah you know? that's a good way to do it um then in terms of who picks the game mm-hmm. now i know i've said this before in a previous episode like way back when one of our first ones but i think one of the best ways to decide who picks the next game is who lost the first one because mm-hmm. whoever lost the last game you know like Clearly, that was not their game. Mm-hmm. And as much as it is enjoyable to play games and to, you know, be with friends and, you know, go into the system of rules and everything, sometimes you're just like, uh, I've, I'm tired of playing this game or, like, I don't like this type of game. Mm-hmm. You know, then, hey, if you lost and you did terrible, guess what? Next one's going to be right up your alley. So it gives you sort of an advantage because if you're picking the game, then clearly you know that game. Mm-hmm. Or at least are really wanting to try that one. It's uh-huh. in your you know desire to play that, so hopefully you'll be a bit more you know into it and like maybe you'll feel that groove. You uh-huh. know, so I mean, yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. I mean, what we've kind of been doing lately is we kind of had this like um, one kind of game that decided our positions, mm-hmm. and then that kind of created a rotation. Yeah. Um, the hard part is like lately we've had to like skip a couple game nights life because happens. yeah, life happens. People have been sick or out of town or whatnot. Um, so it's kind of like, that's hard because I think it's been my turn for like the last three weeks <laughs> or then we had, we had someone come in from out of town. And so we wanted them to like to do to something special for our guests. Yeah. So we wanted them to be able to pick what we got to play and stuff. Um, and then also what we kind of instituted as well is we've kind of instituted like it, you have to come to so many game nights in a row before you get into the rotation. Yeah. Because, you know, you have some people who they come so infrequently that it's like, well, you can't really be in the rotation because we never know when you're actually going to be here or not. We have a friend who shows up maybe once every two months. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of like we, you know, it's like there have, there's like a minimum entry, you know, that you have yeah. to like meet before you can be part and of it. And it. it's just, you know, whenever they come, they always enjoy playing with us and whatever mm-hmm. games we have going on. They, they're free to recommend a game that maybe we play next. But ultimately, how it works for us is whoever's turn it is, which let's say, yeah, next it's, it is Lauren's turn. She's the ultimate queen of deciding uh-huh. what games we play. So if you, there's something you, in your heart, like your Friday favorite that you really want to play, uh-huh. guess what? We're doing this. But if not, then you can be open to suggestions, mm-hmm. but you're the final arbiter. Yeah. You're the final say of, we get this. And mm-hmm. I think that would especially be good for groups with kids even, you know, because as much as kids do love playing games with each other, when I went up north recently to go see my family, uh, you know, there's two girls and a boy there. They're all in elementary age, you mm-hmm. know, so like 
They're all like, I want my turn now. Yeah. You know, and you can, of course, if you, you can say, okay, well, it'll be your turn, then your turn, then your turn. But if you don't keep any kind of consistency with them, then there's always arguing, but I want my turn to be first, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So if you can set up some kind of a way to have a rotational system where it's in the rules, they know exactly whose turn it is next, you uh-huh. know, then I think that works out great. And the way that we had done it, as you alluded to before, is we played one game of Ticket to Ride. Mm-hmm. And we knew ahead of time, hey, whatever position you get for first place, second place, that's where you are on the rotation, mm-hmm. you know? And then, of course, it always cycles back around. So yeah. once it ends with you, it goes back to the top of the list with me. I won the hell out of that game, by the way. <laughs> I was like 135 points on Ticket to Ride, and everyone else, the closest was like 98 or something. <laughs> I dominated it. Yeah, it can get really like competitive when you have a lot of people playing Ticket to Ride. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was like a pretty crazy game. So definitely, you know, that will help determine who picks the game. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's... It's understood that if it's Lauren's turn, she can totally be selfish and play whatever she wants. And everyone has signed up to go along with, go that. Along with it. So if you really, uh, I really don't want to play this game again. Well, guess what? In a week or two or three, whenever it is your turn, you get to be selfish and play whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, so that way it's because there's a few games personally in our collection that I love mm-hmm. to death and back again. But I know the rest of the group does not enjoy as much. Yeah, true. You know, and it just kind of pains me a little bit to look at it on the shelf going like, you're so dusty. I never, I haven't talked, <laughs> I haven't gotten you down and like opened you up yeah. in like in like months. Yeah, know? and like we're we're pretty good about only buying games we really really want. I'm you terrible know? about that. I want to buy them all the time. Yeah, you have but, to rein me in. Yeah, we do. But um, but like there's some games that like you know we got Colt Express. I think we've played it once since we got it, and it's not that we don't like it. It's just you know the right time we happen hasn't to get other come things out. Yeah, during or after that. Mm-hmm. Like at the same time, we got Colt Express. We also got Potion Explosion, mm-hmm. which we like a lot more. Yeah, but even that, we don't get to play that often. Because we got other things afterwards, and then that's always yeah. classics. And yeah, so it's it's good because if you have that one that's just itching the back of your brain, like, I really want to go dig out this old copy of Risk that I have, you know, <laughs> then you can. Mm-hmm. Guess what my Friday favorite is going to be, Lauren. Wow. <laughs> um, lastly, we have the idea about who goes first. Uh-huh. Now... Some games, I like it where in the rules... It decides. It will give you some arbitrary yet on-theme decision Uh for who goes first. Like, uh, I think in Pandemic, it says whoever was sick the most recent. Mm -hmm. That's a fun kind of life-based... Mm-hmm. arbitration i'm currently infecting you all right now yeah you know so like, if we were playing right now it would be lauren yeah right? <laughs> but sometimes you can make up your own things too mm-hmm. you know so i always sometimes say, it's like who's the oldest who's the youngest yeah uh who, you, know, you know you can always of course just whoever it's lauren's turn mm-hmm. this week so she gets to go first unless she decides to you know give that to somebody else or you know maybe go by it's your house so you you get to start or us host off, yeah or, host gets always to go or first. maybe like the newbie goes first or there's lots of different fun ways you oh can do newbie it. goes first uh there's very few games in which there's that very works few. out yeah, normally you want to have the newbie go last yeah usually it's like watch us and then we'll yeah and like because as we said before explaining rules mm-hmm. like unless you can condense them down to half a paragraph it's just going to become white noise after a while because they don't have context yeah watching someone else for most people some people are picking right up Mm -hmm. you know but um the way that i especially like though as i've said is you know whoever went last in the previous game gets to pick the game Mm -hmm. you know normally i think i like to have some kind of competition for who goes first for the first game and then from there it's just you always 
you know, first place gets to go first in the next game, you know, mm -hmm. so you kind of keep jockeying that position. So it's not only am I wanting to win this game, but I want to have the advantage for the next game, mm -hmm. you know, give you that little bit of a leg up, you know, so whether it's just picking names out of a hat or, you know, whoever had, here's the fun one, whoever had the worst week. <laughs> Everyone, because you know part of game night is getting together and it's our social time to share and catch up with each other yeah and i mean as this podcast is named our game night is on fridays so it's the end of the week so it's a good time to decompress from that oh my goodness week. my boss he just doesn't get it yeah you know blah 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 you know this crazy thing happened at work or this crazy thing happened in my life the, it was weird when the turtles came out of the bathroom i don't <laughs> understand you know but yeah so i would say maybe what you do is you have he, I'm suggesting this to everyone. Try this in your game group and please, you know, message us at Game Friday. Let us know <laughs> how this went for you. But have a competition where everyone, you have a 30 second pitch. Here's why my week was the absolute worst. Mm -hmm. And it could be work related or social or home or whatever. But you got 30 seconds to pitch why your week is the worst. And then everybody votes for the one person, not them. Mm -hmm. You can't vote for yourself. You have to vote for someone else for like, yes, your week is the worst. <laughs> Whoever gets the most votes, they're the first player. And then <laughs> yeah. just, and then, and then what I would do, because another thing about game nights is usually we kind of have like a sitting order. Yes. You always have your chair. I have my usual spot, you know, and, uh -huh. stuff. and that's fine. But I like to mix it up every now and then, you know, just for funsies. Mm -hmm. So how about this? Whoever you have a first chair position, first player position, whoever the second worst week sits there. And then, you know, you can switch it up uh -huh. because sometimes I don't always sit next to someone who I might want one of my friends I haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And like, it'd be kind of nice. Like, oh, now I'm going to sit next to Kevin. Yeah. I haven't seen him in forever. Uh -huh. And like, we can now have a little bit more time to catch up mm -hmm. in between our turns. And yeah. Stuff. You should always pay attention to the game while you're playing. But you know, <laughs> I don't want to start contradicting myself too much. <laughs> but yeah, so those are just some ideas of how to determine you know, whose turn, yeah. whose idea it is to host, who's going to bring what, what games are going to be picked, who goes first, you know? Yeah, and always think, I mean, I think, think about your friends and stuff when you're hosting games. Remember that, you know, maybe someone's house is the most convenient, but if you have the space and you are able to host, offer up sometimes because it is, it can be a lot of work to host people and it can be tiring for people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was always raised to make sure my house was very tidy before anyone comes up. So I'm always yeah. worried about making sure my house is very tidy and stuff. And it can be a lot. So, like, you know, think think about your friends. Don't always, it doesn't always have to be at one person's house. Exactly. You know? Plus, variety is the spice of life. Yeah. Shake it up. Yeah. You know what? There's even some places in public that will let you have True, games yeah. there. There has been a couple times, two or three, where we've gone to a restaurant mm -hmm. or a cafe and I mean, we didn't, we made sure it wasn't going to be like peak hours where like they need this table. Yeah. But like if we can be in the back corner and mm -hmm. not really bother anybody and like we're clearly like they don't need the space. Uh-huh. Most places are kind of fine with that. Yeah. You know, like I remember once actually you went along for this. This is actually before I met you, but I went with a couple of friends of mine to a Denny's mm -hmm. and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And we had a card game with us, you know, uh, yeah. that flux game where uh -huh. you have to get the certain, you know, matching uh, cards. And we were just having a blast. And, like, no one else is there. The waitress just kept coming by. We tipped her extraordinarily well. Yeah. You know? that's, a, that's That would be a nice thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so pretty much, like, I figured every 15 minutes we go over where we should be here, that's another dollar she gets. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, like, we, um, one time, and this is actually a really good tip, too, if you, like, do escape rooms or anything. Um, we went to one of our favorite kind of places to go, especially when we're not sure how much time we're going to have. Yeah. Is um, the soup plantation. I love soup plantation. And It's been a minute. 
minutes since we've been there. Yeah, and it's nice because you can either kind of take your time yeah. or you can get done rather quickly because it's self-serve. Mm-hmm. So it's good, like, if we're going to go to, like, a show or something, sometimes we'll go there because we, we don't know how long it's going to take to drive, and then we that way we can speed up or slow down as much as we want. Exactly. And we were going to an escape room, um, and we it was, you know, anywhere in Southern California, you deal with traffic, right? Anywhere. And so we, you never really know, like, are we, you know, we're going to give ourselves as much time as we can. We're either going to get there right on time or we're going to be early. And we had gotten somewhere early and we found a soup plantation and we were eating and we were kind of trying to take our time a little bit. And so we busted out Super Fight and we're playing a game of Super Fight yep. at the table there. And because that's more like a relaxed self-seating kind of place. Yeah. And there, it was, um, it wasn't like there weren't a lot of people and stuff. It wasn't like we were taking up a table that they needed. So it worked out nice. It was a good way to kill time before our next thing. Exactly. And, you know, like we also said, we weren't being in the way. Yeah, and that's, also, yeah, that's we, big. we purposely chose a table that was kind of as much removed from the main center of the place Yeah, as we, we, could. we were also, we were outside, yeah. and most people wanted to eat inside, so we weren't taking up space. We were following the social contract, yes. unspoken as well as we could. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, it's fun to even get out and about sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? So. I'm sure, like, coffee shops would probably be okay with you bringing a game. Yeah. Just think about trying not to take up too much room. Besides, think about it this way. The longer you stay there, the more likely you're going to go back to the counter and get something that's, else. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Don't, if you're going to do something like that, don't be jerks about it. Make sure you buy something. Please. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't just buy them. What's the cheapest thing I can get? Yeah, and don't nurse your coffee for five hours. Like, buy two coffees. Yeah. Or, you know, like, <laughs> have some respect if you are going to go out. And you would have dropped 20 bucks for a small pizza, you know, <laughs> yeah, at, at right? home. So, like, let's pay a little, buy the grande, you know. <laughs> so... Talking about kind of picking the order, right? Mm-hmm. We decided for dice roll, we were going to talk about games that the position that you start in really matters. Oh, yeah. So for our dice roll, that's what we're going to talk about. So, Greg, recently we guested on another podcast. It was actually, if you guys listen to our podcast, Movie Date Night, we were invited to guest on a podcast called So I Married a Movie Geek. And they do this really cool fantasy movie draft. I was very upset about the results. Yes, we lost. We lost bad. Uh, okay, I, in my defense, uh-huh. the I'm looking at this from like a college essay perspective. Yes. The 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 criteria you gave me, you know, mm-hmm. the rubric that they gave me was romantic couples in movies from the 90s. Yes. Not pick the most famous movie from the 90s that happens to have a romantic couple yeah. in it. Yeah, so, I mean... I, I stand by our picks. I think the, the, the ones, the people that won and the people that did better at us in this draft, they picked movies that really are very popular and that people would respond more to rather than the couples. The couples kind of suck. And the some couples of them, would not last. Yeah, and some of them you're like, that's not even, you know, there's nothing really romantic in that movie. And Here's the thing about The Fifth Element. Because that's oh, yeah. what's we, that that one on this list. Yeah. As much as the final scene is Corbin and Lilu, you yeah. know, doing the whole like the fifth element is love mm-hmm. and love's gonna save the day. And we're gonna I'm gonna kiss you and then you're gonna shoot the beam out of your mouth like a weird person yeah. <laughs> like a weird person flashlight and win. You just know six months later, like, I thought love was the ultimate answer, but I guess it's actually your selfish attitude. Yeah. And then she leaves. Yeah, like, it's, you know, it's a great movie. We love it. But, like, romantic couple-wise, not really the best. But regardless of that, 
Um, so we guessed it on this podcast, and they have a very interesting way on how they they decide who gets to pick first, uh-huh. right? Because what it is is it's like one podcast picks, then the next podcast picks, and it's a draft. So you have to yeah. have an order. Yeah. yeah, there's an order to it, and that got us thinking about like where's the best position to start and mm-hmm. you actually it was funny because you said oh well if we get to decide where we start we i want to start second yeah and i said oh well we actually are starting yeah. second and that actually did at the time i was like i don't and i didn't think about the logic behind it at all but it was like a really good spot to be and in. i'll tell you why it's because second position and we'll talk about mm-hmm. this later on for one of my picks for this for our list second position it lets the first person establish the battleground mm-hmm. establish the theme and the you know like how hard are we going into this yeah so then you can figure out okay do i need to like go for the throat mm-hmm. or can i like have a little bit of leeway and stuff you know yeah. maybe they'll make a mistake and then you can jump on it you know yeah and also we the way because it was like a serpentine order mm-hmm. the first and last keep switching places but like the middle picks they're kind of consistent and where they well, get to pick no it's from. yeah it goes one two three four four three two one one two three four yeah so it's so you're never really last to yeah. pick but if you're if you're at the end of that current round mm-hmm. then you technically get a double pick which yeah is great, but still yeah it lets the last player have an advantage and so on yeah so we we were thinking about that like what are some other games like board games mm-hmm. in which you can get actually an advantage Depending from not going first yeah so in uh, games, one thing that's important is game balance. You want to make sure that all players have an equal advantage, or at least have an equal footing in the game so that not one player is more likely to win than the others. Uh-huh. But the problem is that in games where like you're taking turns, sometimes it would seem that going first is the obvious advantage. Mm-hmm. Just like in tic-tac-toe, like whoever goes first essentially decides the rest of the game, mm-hmm. You know whether it's going to be a win or a tie. Yeah. And but some games, like especially nowadays, they take uh, really great measures to make sure that they try to balance that out. So if mm-hmm. you're going last, you're getting some kind of compensation or some kind of a benefit from not going first, to mm-hmm. whether it's going second or even dead last. You know, one of the games that just kind of occurred to me right this moment as we were talking is um, one that we actually talked about earlier in the episode is that Colt Express. Yeah. Now Colt Express, it's kind of a weird game because it's programmed movement. So you make all the decisions about what you're going your play is going to be, then you put your cards down and then essentially everyone reveals what they did. Mm-hmm. Um so the thing is something could change that affects you, but you can't do anything to stop that now. Yeah. If you put down a already punch card. Yeah, you've already kind of played your hand, essentially. Yeah. So it really be- benefits you to kind of go first in that because you can, like, say, move or punch someone or do something before anyone else has kind of done anything yet. But then, you know, you get to the end and you're like, oh, well, I shot you, but you moved before I got Exactly. So, so it, like, like but benefits you to kind of go first in that one. Yeah, or at least higher up in the tournament. Yeah. Because, because otherwise you will get messed up. Yeah, because, like I said, you can be at the end and everyone's kind of done all these things. You can't change what it is you put down. Mm-hmm. So you have to play it. But it could be things like, oh, well, I shot someone who's not there or I punched someone who's no longer there. And, you know, so it really can, like, impact what you're your game was going to be. Mm-hmm. A similar game that's like that that just occurred to me mm-hmm. is Killer Bunnies. Oh, where uh-huh. you have to put cards down, face down, and then they have to mature for two whole rounds before they can be activated. And mm-hmm. so if something happens where that card was dependent upon the fact that I have three rabbits in front of me to use this carrot gun or whatever it is, you know? Uh-huh. Like, 
if something happens to one of my rabbits in three whole rounds of vicious gameplay, like then this is going to mature and it's going to be worth it. So I have to throw it away immediately. Mm -hmm. And that can really be a bummer. But like, you know, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, how you were saying, where it's, I mean, with, you know, killer bunnies, the turn order doesn't necessarily matter, but it's like that where like, it's much more immediate Uh and your plans can go south very quickly Uh because of, yeah, if I am going to try to punch you, it's still money. But by the time it gets to my turn, you've already moved. And, so I can't do that anymore. And like yeah. I'm locked in for throwing a punch. So yeah. it is interesting how like you're kind of simultaneously playing cards. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the action's not simultaneous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You all put your hand down, but you still go in an order. It almost seems to me like the better way to do that, at least this is me trying to like post-design uh-huh. it, you know, would be have a rock, paper, scissors like mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like a punch beats moving away, or like moving away beats a punch. A gun beats moving away, mm-hmm. you know, and then like punching beats a gun. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Like, you know, you can yeah. have some kind of like a. To make it more fair almost. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm moving away. No, you're not. You know, yeah. kind of. And also, I think that's why Cult Express can be kind of a polarizing game because of like not many games are like that where you have that pre programmed movement where you kind of play your hand and then you can't react at all, you yeah. know? So I can see why some people don't like it as much. Yeah, so you just kind of like, I mean, it's a fun game, and I love the theming of mm-hmm. it, you know, like Robin a Train, that's fantastic in the Wild West. But it's just kind of one of those, well, that sucks. Yeah, but it does, it does sort of like, you really don't know who's going to win that game. Yeah, it really is a uh, wild, like, I have no idea what's going on anymore. Yeah. I've been trying to track it, but who knows? <laughs> Um, so another one that we have is uh, one that I've actually gotten recently, uh, just on the digital version, mm-hmm. uh, Small World. And this is a pretty popular board game. And what's interesting is you have races like you know elves and dwarves and vampires, and then you have categories like heroic or like of the hills or you know whatever. And each of these can be combined in different ways to have a unique race that has two different benefits, mm-hmm. you know. And so you'll lay them out ahead of time and, you know, depending on how many players you have, like, let's just say six combinations. First player has to look at the top of the list and say, do I want this or do I want something further in the list? Every race combination that they skip, they have to put a coin on. Which essentially they're saying, like, I don't want this, so I have to pay a tax to pass them by. Mm -hmm. Now, while it's good to be first because you get your pick out of what's there it's even better to be last because all the other people who pass by those ones at the top, if there's nothing else there that's really gonna do you anything better than what's there, you can grab that race plus a ton of money. Mm. And the even better part of it is you got to see what everyone else was picking so you know what their strategy is gonna be. So now if you really wanna be a metagamer, you can analyze, okay, he picks something that's gonna go for the mountain areas. This guy over here is going to pick something that sticks in the swamps. I should go for the meadows and farmlands, so that way they don't want to mess with me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one is um, a game that we really like, uh, Takedo. I love Takedo. And Tukaido. in this game, it actually benefits you to always be last, because last person actually goes first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a game of leapfrog, essentially. Yeah. And because whoever's in the whoever's in the very back of the pack, they get to make as many moves as they want as long as there's available space. You can never mm-hmm. go backwards, you yeah. know? But you can make as many little moves as you want until you finally have to get ahead of somebody. So, yes, going first in that game is great because you have the entire board to decide, oh, I want to go to the bank and prevent people from getting more money, uh-huh. or I want to go paint a picture of you know this landscape so I can get those points. But those people are going to jump way ahead 
to work on their strategy. And meanwhile, you're just cleaning up every all the other points along the way. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the person who just is trailing and cleaning up points, they're usually the winner. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, being okay, so last goes first. So essentially, you can then just move to the very next thing and constantly be last. Yes. Yeah. You know, and you can also always kind of decide, okay, do I want to like, I can, I can go through this slowly and kind of get like, you know, what is it if you want to get your paintings or I can dash ahead and get to the bank and yeah. like hog the bank spot, you know, so no one else can and essentially bankrupt the other players. Exactly. And <laughs> in that game, you also get to pick your traveler and mm -hmm. they have a unique perk. They all start with a different amount of money, but some of them have, you know, if you're painting, you also draw this kind of a card. Mm -hmm. Or if you're shopping for a souvenir, you can draw two or one's free or whatever. Yeah. So that'll also kind of help make your decision. But uh -huh. it usually in the game, how it works, at least the way I've played it, is you are given two of those travelers and you pick one. So based upon who you're playing with and against, if you do try to go last and pick the most generic benefit for traveler, not like I have to go painting everything, so if you're a bit more flexible, you can really dominate by hanging around the back of the pack. You guys go ahead, I'll catch up, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, another game in which the order can really much matter uh, that I, I've been wanting to get this for so long, Lauren, and mm -hmm. you won't let me get it, is Stone Age. Ah. Stone Age or any other worker placement game. Mm -hmm. Because once again, the thing about uh, this is that whoever goes first, full map available to them. If they want to go chop down wood or cut stone or hunting for meat, that's their choice, right? Mm -hmm. But there's only so many spots on the board for each thing. But the issue is that, yes, they get first mm -hmm. pick. But then once it finally gets to you on turn one, and this is one of those games where, like, the first player keeps rotating around with each new turn. Mm -hmm. So I'm only talking really about the first turn. You really want to be last, I think, because everyone's going to start working on the strategy immediately. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's played that game before knows, I, I want to go for this kind of a end game result so you kind of get to look inside the mind thinking like oh he's he's really focusing on making you know more babies mm -hmm. in the game or he's really focusing on like just getting the little boats for extra resources at the bottom of the lake so what can i do that's going to get me a good amount of points to kind of make it so i'm they're not going to get in my way it's you know you're at the back of the pack so you can see where everyone else is turning and navigating so how can i maneuver through there mm -hmm. and for those of you who are especially sly out there it really helps to be able to see like i see what you're doing you know <laughs> and it, it, it kind of works for any game like that if you really think about it like even ticket to ride but the thing about ticket to ride is that it's a very slow game and you're not always laying down track yeah if you had to lay down track every single turn that you can you could say the same thing mm -hmm. but in this game uh, you have to put down people every single time, mm -hmm. you know, and there's no like delay. It's, you know, I'm going to put down a dude here. Or I'm going to put down three dudes here. So it's much more immediate. And so you can see exactly how people are going about. So it's a lot easier to kind of like get in their head, know exactly where they're going, what their plan is, and then navigate around that. So mm -hmm. I think going last in the first round is beneficial. And then after that, once you get in the rotation, you can then use, you know, um, your different positions to kind of like jump ahead of them or even cut them off. That's one of the most satisfying things in games for me is when I know that you're trying to do something uh -huh. and like I also need that and I get you. <laughs> so I'm going to like just cut you off of the road uh -huh. and you're going to scream at me. <laughs> I'm going to be going home probably with a big old red print on my face. <laughs> but worth it <laughs> yeah. see i'm more cutthroat like that when i play on the computer versus like the computer itself yeah you know like especially like with tickets to ride 
I'll be like, I don't know if I want to take more routes because I know you're all, like the the computer's almost done, and yeah. like I'm well, the computer done. is ruthless, so you have to be ruthless and back. So I'll kind of see like, oh, I bet like he needs to probably con- the he as in the computer yeah. needs to connect these two routes. So I'm gonna be a jerk and like go right there just to mess with the computer. You yeah, know? and sometimes you can rarely get ahead of the computer. Yeah, like that, yeah. But meanwhile, if you're playing at home with friends, I'm less to cut off people. I mean, purposely. There was there was accidentally a time, maybe there was a time recently where we were playing Ticket to Ride with your mom and your aunt mm-hmm. and i said i'm going to end the game do you need one more turn uh, yeah. and like you know your mom's like i would appreciate one more turn i'm like <laughs> okay i will give you you know it's like you can be nicer about mm-hmm. it you know so yeah. i like i'll tell you it's it's coming <laughs> like <laughs> i'll be leaning and not just like cutthroat end you right now uh-huh. let's have some fun you yeah know? Um, so another one is kind of a recent one that we've gotten to play. Um, our friends own it. It's Villainous, which Greg was oh, so I excited love, okay. to play. I love this game. I've been reading all the things in the forums about it. Watching all the videos. Watching all the videos. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this game. But the thing is, I will say, and anyone who's researched it knows, there's been issues and complaints from like a good portion of the community about the quality. There's uh, some the mechanics. Box. Yeah, there's some mechanics that are off. And yes, there is a couple. Like, some of the pieces are really great. And then some of the pieces are like, uh. What is this yeah. cheap plastic? Yeah. Yeah. And then some of the wording on the cards are a little bit like, what do you mean exactly? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. And then there, there's one. One of the characters is not as strong as the others. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Because it, it's Ursula. Mm-hmm. She's in there. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that she's on the box. But um, it's just that she works very differently from the other villains that you can choose from. And she's from. hard to get a real handle on. I think that if I was to play her, mm-hmm. I could get a really good handle on her. I don't want to toot my own horn, but boop, boop. <laughs> you know, I think that I could understand how she works because my mind is like that whenever I'm playing games. I'm always like, Lord, let's make a deal. You know, I'm not attacking you directly, uh-huh. but I'm going to make a deal that you think benefits you, but in fact, it's really benefiting mm-hmm. me. And that's why you'd never trust me whenever mm-hmm. we play Munchkin. No, we don't. But I think that... I would love to get this game, mm-hmm. but I'm waiting for the second printing. Yeah. yeah. Greg thinks there'll be a second printing. So. No, no, it's been announced. That going oh, to it do, is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's going to come out probably the end of this year, they said, like November, uh, December. Oh, well, of so, course, right around Christmas, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that then the market still is flooded with first printing. True. So I got to wait yeah, a little longer. Yeah, you got to ensure that you get the second printing somehow. Yeah. But yeah, so the thing about that game that's so interesting is, you know, it's all about a race to get to your specific goals done uh-huh. first. And each villain has their own you know, objectives. Uh, but what is so good about how they balance that game is you have a currency in there of tokens. I forget what they're called. As you go along, first player just does their move, but then second player gets one token. Third player gets two tokens and so on and so forth. So it's, yes, you had to wait to like start. So you're not on equal footing because they've already had a turn to like, you know, put down their stuff and draw cards. And it's a race. And if you start a race with horses, and then one horse gets to go one second, and then it's you're gonna say no, that's not uh-huh. that's not good at all, you know. But so they let you have a little bit of a compensation where you didn't get a full turn, but they give you some money that you might have gone on your first turn anyways, mm-hmm. which I which I think is good. But the problem for me with that though is one of the characters that Lauren played named Little John from mm-hmm. the uh, the quote Foxy Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, his goal is just to have twenty. 20 tokens mm-hmm. whenever he starts a turn as long as you can have 20 tokens you're set mm-hmm. and you were going last and you were given like four tokens i'm like no we're not uh-huh. no can we redo this order because i don't want her to start with like a fourth of the way to her goal already yeah although it was kind of funny because be, like my goal was pretty simple just get money get money. right money, but money, like money. it was gonna take me a while to get there but everyone was automatically like oh my gosh attack lauren 
because like well, because we you have had to the most stop. straightforward goal. Yeah, but the problem was in doing attacking me, it slowed me down. Yes, but it allowed other people to get further towards their goal, and yeah. it was like maybe you guys shouldn't focus so much on me. Yeah, and you should well, focus more because the other problem with that. Well, that's the thing about that game is that little John is the easy target because he is always able to work towards his goal. Uh -huh. But almost everybody else has to draw very specific cards from their decks mm -hmm. to get anything done. I was playing Captain Hook, yeah. and I had to find, I forget what it was called, but it was one very specific card from my deck uh -huh. of like 40 well, you had to, to find unlock Peter Pan. one location mm -hmm. and then find that other one specific card of Peter yeah, Pan. Yeah. I swear to you, he was the second to last card in the bad deck that like messes me up. Uh -huh. So I had to go through all this other nonsense mm -hmm. of like, here's the crocodile. Here's more Lost Boys. We were having all sorts of fun jokes because it just so happened that people kept putting Lost Boys on my um on the pirate ship, the Jolly mm -hmm. Roger. And I'm like, guys, this is um this is some issues that we're having right now. Like, I think we need to call over someone, you know, about like an intervention here. Yeah, CPS needs to come out. CPS needs to come out here. Something is not right in Neverland. <laughs> and then uh, one other one that I kind of wanted to talk about for the uh, the idea of, you know, positions mattering. And you kind of alluded to it with our guesting on the uh, So I Married a Movie Geek is uh, a serpentine pattern. Mm -hmm. So Dead of Winter. Because Dead of Winter, it's a zombie survival game. Uh -huh. And in that game, you know, once again, everyone has their own unique objective, but also the overall objective of we have to survive. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a traitor, in which case then you can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you at the table. Please admit it and just walk out. Yeah, We're done. But um, what's cool about that game is because everyone has their own unique objective, like I have to hoard food. Uh -huh. Or I have to have, you know, like so many barricades up. Mm -hmm. Or I have to whatever, whatever. Or so many items. You know, like the, one of the objectives I had that was pretty easy was I had to make sure that we have... Uh, you know, X number of survivors in the colony. So I'm constantly wanting to go out and find more people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a problem because then you're like, but we need food and you're bringing people mm -hmm. in. Let's just like make some of these people leave. I'm like, no, but this is Billy yeah. and he has a teddy bear and he looks so, there's no teddy bear picture or anything. I'm just like building a narrative for yeah, you. Yeah, and my, I think mine was I, I needed um, so many like certain items. Yeah. That was all I had. You needed, have. you had like a shopping list pretty yeah, much. I'm like, much. I need I two food, one junk or whatever, yeah. you know. But what's cool about that game is that based upon where you are in the turn order when it's your when you're last the next round you get to go first so it's a double move uh -huh. you know but then once again you have to wait forever to be your turn again but that double move if it comes at the right moment in the game where you have the cards in your hand that you need you can make a big move yeah it's like i love survivor mm -hmm. it just started actually you know mm -hmm. the new season david versus goliath i'm excited for it I like it. I just can't believe they keep, like, how long that show's been on. They keep coming up with weird, like... No, some of the seasons have not been great, but <laughs> it's getting a little bit better in my mind. I, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to The Amazing Race. No, yeah, The Amazing Race is better, trust me. But <laughs> just, I like Survivor. It's a, it's a family thing for yeah. me, you know. If you're, if you're like, I need to make a big move in this game if I'm going to accomplish my goals, and there's no way I can do this without people being suspicious, like, I just, oh, I'm coming up to a double move. We're doing this. Boom. Mm -hmm. You know, like then you can really, ha especially if you're the trader. If you're the trader and you have a double move coming up and that's when you make your big move to, you know, end the game, fantastic. That will blow people away. Like mm -hmm. your first move, you reveal that you're the trader and I'm doing this. And guess what? I get to go again. There's nothing any of you can do about it. Mm -hmm. I, it, when that happens, it always blows my mind. Like, wow. <laughs> Did not even think it was you at all, Lauren. You, <laughs> you totally threw us off. 
And actually, there, there's been a couple games, not that one specifically. We've only played it once, so... We've only played that game once, but there's been yeah. a couple other games that I've played where there has been a trade in the group where, mm-hmm. like, there may or may not be, and it's always a surprise to me. I'm always playing straightforward and just, like, I'm going to help everyone win the game because I'm never the traitor. Mm-hmm. I'm almost... Well, except for, like, coup, you know, but... I'm almost never the traitor, so I'm always like, I trust everybody. <laughs> so whenever one of my friends reveals that he was messing us up the entire time, I feel so hurt and betrayed. <laughs> Takes it very personally. I'm, I'm like a loyal, trusting puppy. <laughs> you, you know, you just like, why would you do that? <laughs> I thought we loved each other. Well, let's see if this escape room betrayed us this week. Oh, yeah. Hey everyone, Greg here with a quick announcement. We are actually doing a giveaway. We reached 500 followers on Instagram, so we are going to have a contest to give away two sets of polyhedral dice. All you have to do to enter is be following us on Instagram, like the giveaway post, and comment either blue or purple. You can also go onto our Facebook page for Friday as Game Night, and also like and comment on the picture we have there for either blue or purple. And we will be announcing the winners on October 19th. So make sure you go in there, comment blue or purple on both our Instagram and Facebook pages, and we will see you guys later. Now back to the episode. So this month, we went back to a familiar location for our escape room report. I mean, usually whenever we find a location that we like, Mm-hmm. You want to explore to see if their other options are just as good. Yeah. That's bitten us in the butt once before. Yeah, we've done rooms where we really liked one of their rooms, and then we went back to do a second, and turned out we did not like the second room. Yeah, so it's not a guarantee that when you find a place that does a good room, mm-hmm. that it's all that the other ones are going to be as good. And same vice versa, if you find a relocation that's a bad room, it's not necessarily given that the other ones are going to be bad, but I think I'm more likely to trust the good faith of a good room uh-huh. versus the potential of a bad room. Like, well, how much more worse could it get? You know? Yeah. Well, and I think um, I think there's a couple different reasons why a location can have one good room. Sometimes it goes down to the people who own it, whether or not you know one was purchased and really worked on, and one was just kind of slapped together. I think mm-hmm. we've seen evidence of that before. Um, also, I think you know sometimes. Um, a location will have they don't not all locations I should say put out a, um, all their rooms at once yeah. sometimes they'll start with one room and then they say oh well we're going to add another one and we're going to add another one and so sometimes you either are seeing you're kind of seeing an evolution almost and so if you they go back they learn a few new tricks here or there yeah, yeah and if you go back you might say oh well now I'm doing one of your older rooms and maybe you guys weren't as good then or maybe this room is just showing its age True, yeah, because you also have to remember that sometimes it could just be wear and tear of definitely dozens and hundreds and maybe even thousands of players having come through before mm-hmm. and wearing it down. And I didn't necessarily judge a room for that. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. If like if really everything broken. is really broken, like you should have really fixed that. If the room is covered in duct tape, like <laughs> yeah. you need to fix that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we went back to Trapped Escape Room in Upland, California. And you may remember this one from our previous episode where we did the Down the Rabbit Hole escape room, which we really loved. Which, honestly, in my personal opinion, that's like top five. Yeah, that's a really good room. In terms of how much pure enjoyment I got. Yeah. On the theme alone, the puzzles are really good, mm-hmm. but like that was really 
Yeah, and it's it, the the thing with the down the rabbit hole was it wasn't um, a super challenging room. It wasn't hard per se. It was medium, but it was but like the puzzles all made sense and the theme worked and we had fun and it was cute and you know like it all worked. Like they don't necessarily have to be so super challenging that you're like, ooh, I was really you know scratching really my head on scratching that one, my head yeah. on that one exactly you know. Um, so we were really eager to go back because we knew they had two other rooms. And the first time we had gone, we didn't go with like our normal group. We went with someone who they hadn't really done a lot of escape rooms before. And One so person, it was their first their time. first time, yeah. And so we wanted to kind of go back with our other group so we could be like, okay, let's do this together and see how it, the experience is. Yeah, because it's kind of like we were essentially on like a double date almost, uh-huh. you know, because it was us as a couple and another couple. And like we'd hung out with these people before. They come to game night before uh-huh. and stuff. But it was, it's almost like, how well is our synergy yeah. for this group? Because mm-hmm. we know what our synergy is like for our normal couple that we go to game rooms with. And then also for when we have our, as I call it, the full A-team. Yeah. Of like, we're going to go to a big room that needs like at least eight people. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. here's our whole squad. You know, uh-huh. So we know what the synergy is like there. But here we have these two new people who we really enjoy spending time with. But we're not sure how they're going... Especially the one untested girl uh-huh. who has not done any of this before. Yeah. Her boyfriend did like one or two escape rooms before. Mm-hmm. But we're like, let's see how this works. And I mean, if it didn't work out, like if there's not enough like, you know, like kind of good feedback with each other, then uh-huh. hey, we tried this and, you know, maybe this isn't a thing that you guys like or maybe this is just not a thing that we're good together with. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to give it a try. Yeah. And also, I think the other thing, too, is the conversation after the room's very different with some people who are new versus... Uh, the other two that we usually do rooms with who they've done a ton of rooms with us mm-hmm. so we're all like you know we we'll be like oh we love that room but this one thing sucked you know yeah. and it's so like the the conversation's different oh it's all about um, reference points yeah because exactly. we can with the other couple we can go like oh that was just like room x remember room x and how they did that one trick it's mm-hmm. kind of like that but like a little bit less you know yeah but with this person who like she's a blank canvas like Okay, so that's apparently, like, where the bar is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but it was always it's always good, too. Like, that's what I really love about a good room is when we, we showed a newbie a good room. And that's so important because a lot of times, you know, we worry if you go into a, a room and it's your first time and it's a terrible room and they, they are out there. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a terrible player. Um, it might make you think, oh, I don't really like escape rooms or I'm not very good at them or things like that. Whereas if you go to a really good room, even if you don't escape, like they'll have a good time usually. Yeah. So, um, so that was really important. So we went back and we did their room. It's called Sector 13. This room is sort of, um, it's kind of like a the whole finding an antidote lab scenario. Yeah, and we had talked about this in a previous episode, like themes that kind of feel outdone. But like... We had done a find the cure one re- before, before we did this. Before, yeah, if you heard and our last it was episode. it was garbage. Mm-hmm. It was like no, thank you. That room was awful. And I kind of said to you, you know, I know that there is this cure of the le- find the cure one at this location, and we know that location is at least decent. Can we like kind of get like a palate cleanser? Yeah, like, we need to get that bad taste. Out we of need that. to like do a good find the cure yeah. one, so we don't like immediately have a bias against the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I liked this room. I thought it was decent. I don't think it's as good as down the rabbit hole. No. Um, and I think part of that reason is I do think Sector Thirteen was one of their first rooms, and I think it is maybe showing its age a little bit. A little bit. They even yeah. they even told us one of the things they said it well it used to be easier, but somebody broke it, and so we had to kind of patch it back together, and so it's not quite as easy. And like now. I said, I forgive somewhere and tear in the rabbit hole one. Yeah, they have like 
spray painted brown styrofoam walls to make it look like and the underground. A couple people like knocked some of the stuff. And there's a few like rubbings there, so like you can see like the gray or white underneath. Uh-huh. I'm willing to forgive that. That's wear and tear. But this one, like, there was a a thing with like those kind of like hamster tube bits uh-huh. where like it was clearly like duct taped around some corners and I'm like that no like yeah. you should have fixed this yeah and that was all because players have taken it apart that the other problem is there was a couple with this room is there was a couple logic leaps too oh yeah this one had some major issues with yeah. the, with that one puzzle with the radio mm-hmm. we won't give away any major spoilers but there's a puzzle involving a radio yeah and it's the answer wow. the answer is not clear and the, the problem is there is they give you a hint that seems to be very clear mm-hmm. as to what it is, and that's not it. So you're kind of like, well, wait, then why is that here? And yeah. you know, and I think part of the reason is it is it ha- does have to do with the radio station, and that's something very hard for them to control. Mm-hmm. So maybe not the best scenario. Don't get me wrong; I like the fact that they had audio clues like yeah. that for this puzzle, but if you're not really good about like finding the right frequency. Uh-huh. You know, or understanding, like, what's kind of being yeah, given Yeah, or I can see a lot of young people not knowing how to use a radio like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, and then also there was this bit where they had, like, an iPod or something uh-huh. that had, like, um, scientific journals on it. And the problem was the sound quality, and it was so terrible mm. that, like, even regardless of the fact that we had three other people in the room talking and, like, you know, sharing uh-huh. ideas and stuff, and I was off on the side, like, listening to this thing, feeling like a code breaker, like, yeah. in World War II, going, like, I have to hear this message, you know? <laughs> but, like, even still, like, I was straining. I was, I, I even got into, like, a separate little room. There's, like, a little kind of um, closet that you can go uh-huh. to. I got there, and I'm listening to it, and, like, I can barely hear it. It's, like, so, like, metallic-y garbled, and it's, like, I... I hope nothing on here is super important because I can't quite understand. Yeah, and you know what's funny too is you saying that like there was actually something in the room. We had a key to a lock. We never unlocked it. And we didn't need to. Yeah. Like basically they're like, oh, He literally at the very end of the game master's like, oh, like, yeah, you guys just kind of got around that. Yeah, because literally our friend asked him, he's like, okay, we found this key. What? what were we supposed to do with this key? And he's like, oh, well, it opens this thing down here. And we're like, oh, we never opened that. That's that's funny. And it was kind of like, yeah, essentially you don't need it. And it's like, okay. Then well, why have it? Yeah, I know. It's like, um, uh, I will say one of the things that I once again was impressed with this location was their set design. This room maybe isn't as much as down the rabbit hole. But part of that's just a difference in theme, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- like, it's hard to, if you've never seen this space, but essentially it's in like this two-story kind of general office building, yeah. essentially. It's one of those ones that they have all sorts of like little tiny shops, sort of, but not like stores. Mm-hmm. They're more like, this is where you go to your dentist, or the, and this is where your... That's exactly what it is. It's this like is this, a real estate office. This is the this chiropractor's is a, place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're upstairs. And so, like, when we first walked in, I remember the first time I was like, oh, we've been to these kind of places before. There's, you know, they they pay rent, so there's not much they can do with the walls and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so this isn't going to be that great. But then we got in down the rabbit hole and we were like, oh, my God, this This is is fantastic. Like, this is great. They've totally done really good set design and they've used what space they have really well. They've transformed it to where, like, you would never know it was that big or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So when we got in this room... Um, I was surprised because they, once again, Lo, they did some really interesting things with the floor plan and with certain elements that like make you forget you're in just a regular office building. Yeah. Like, you know, I 
it, we don't want to give too many things away, obviously, especially when it, you know, more so when it's a good room. We don't want to give things away. Yeah, we want the surprise. But. Yeah, but essentially at one point you get into what is supposed to be an elevator. And, of course, my brain is going, well, this isn't really an elevator because obviously, like, there's not an elevator in this building or at least this part of the yeah, building. Yeah. Um, but they were able to do things to make it actually kind of feel and look like an elevator. Yeah, and like I a big old like, freight elevator. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, this is actually really clever. And, <laughs> and I like how they had a few twists and surprises, too. I will say that um, of their other three rooms at this location, um, Sector 13 is the only one that they don't necessarily call family-friendly. This one they kind of recommend for... Um, teenagers and adults. Well, I would say because of that gore factor. Because of, yeah, there's a little bit of a gore factor. Uh, but it's nothing, like, too intense. It's no. literally, like, you would see even worse in your typical Halloween shop. Yeah. You know. Yeah, or on the news every night. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, overall, in terms of the immersion of the story, I mean, you're in a lab, and you're trying to find the cure. Uh-huh. The one thing I thought was weird, thematically, was the reason why we are there. The reason long, why yeah. we are there is because our friend. No, our nephew. Was it a family member? Okay, yeah, it's sure. a family member. Sure. Okay, so for some reason they decide to make him nephew, not friend. I yeah. guess they're like, oh, familiar bonds, you know? Yeah. We're not brother. I don't know. Or some, yeah. you know, just nephew is a weird choice. But our quote nephew works at this lab mm-hmm. and he got sick with something. So we need to go to his lab where he got sick with something and find the cure for him. Yeah. Why? Wouldn't you want to be like, don't go there. Yeah. I am dying. Well, essentially... You will die too. Essentially what they said is it, he, he... It wasn't so much that he worked there. He wasn't a scientist. He was essentially a test subject. Yeah, okay. And so now they've kind of just abandoned him. And so your job is to go and try to get the cure to save him because they apparently don't care. No, my job is to get a lawyer. (laughs) That's what my job is. (laughs) But, like, the clue system, usually one thing that really gets me, like, Mm -hmm. interested and that I look at when doing escape rooms is how are we giving the players hints or clues, helping them along. The rabbit hole one was really interesting, how you talk in, like, this big, like, almost like a... um, cartoonish tube going yeah. up and then the rabbit will talk to you out of a different tube coming down you yeah know? and it's all in character and in a voice yeah it's cute with this one you're literally just calling your nephew on a walkie-talkie as he's coughing in bed mm-hmm. and just be like it's almost like he's calling in fake sick to work like yeah uh, i got a coffin yeah uh, if you look behind the dresser and there's a couple times where it's like you have to call him yeah. Like, it's part of the story that you have to call I him, didn't like which that. is weird. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think this really felt to me like an example of that's where they started. And it, it was good. It was they okay, built from that idea. And they've built from that. Um, I'm really curious to go back, low to do the layer of the Puzzle Master. Well, that one's supposed to be super hard. Um, yeah, but it also, it's um, supposed to be family friendly, so nothing scary. Which it's always, I mean, we don't mind the scary rooms at all Mm -hmm. but it's always nice to be like oh okay you didn't just go scary because a lot of them just go scary yeah and like they try to they use that sometimes as a crutch where it's not that this is hard it's just so dark and you can't see anything yeah now my my other complaint about this room Uh sector 13 is there's a lot of puzzles where i did something and i had no idea if that did anything yeah even though it was the correct thing there's a moment where we got a password mm-hmm. that we had to like put into a thing and we put it into the thing and we all heard something like click, but like no one knew where that click was, what opened or unlocked or uh-huh. what. And everyone's like, 
it did something. Yeah. Look around the room, yeah. find out what it did. You know? Yeah, and there was at one point too where, and it was actually a cool thing where something changed, but if you like didn't physically. notice it, yeah, yeah, something physically changed, and it was really cool. No, how I was they the did one who did that. Like I, but, like we didn't see. I it did happen. the puzzle by accident. Yeah, I was like picking things up to like look under them and like uh -huh. around them and stuff, and then I just happened to put them back and apparently like what is now the correct order, mm -hmm. you know, just happenstance wise. Yeah. And then like I go back thinking like mentally, okay, nothing else is here. Mark it green in your head, mm -hmm. you know, as like done, and then move on. And then all of a sudden we like, hey, wasn't that thing different before? Yeah. I don't remember that painting being upside down, you know? Yeah. And then you look at like, no, it wasn't. Oh, and there's a thing there now. But like, there's no like sound cue to like, yeah. let me know that something's happening. If you weren't staring directly at this thing, you're not going to know that it's changing uh -huh. until it's yeah all the way there, you know? So it's very, like, I like- It kind of reminded me of um, one time, one of the rooms of the basement we did, and I had this like key and it seemed like it went to this thing, but nothing was happening and nothing mm -hmm. was happening. Well, then after we finally, like, later on noticed something was open. And we weren't sure how it got open, but whatever. Um, and later on, after we were done, the actor told me, oh, when you did that, you did it right. But I was accentally standing right in front of that thing and so that's why you didn't it, see like, it open. It hit his leg or yeah, something. Yeah and he's also when I walked away I like opened it so hopefully you would see like that it was open now but. But yeah it's like. <laughs> it reminded me of that kind of where it was like we don't know what we did. <laughs> this room has a lot of really cool like tricks and gimmicks. Yeah definitely. And I say gimmicks in a good way not a bad yeah, way. Yeah and it has but, some really cool puzzles. But the problem is that like the, it doesn't give each of the thing enough chance to be highlighted and appreciated for mm -hmm. what it is. Like, there's one, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say, like, there's, like, this lap mouse situation where you got, like, all, kind of like those hamster tubes. Uh-huh. And you have to use a magnet to get this thing through it, mm -hmm. right? The problem is that the thing that you're getting through is a cylinder. And you have to, like, drag it through this tube, get into, like, this terrarium, drag it through that terrarium, get it through the other one without, like, actually being able to reach in. But the problem is it's a cylinder, and once you get in the terrarium, it could roll away. Yeah. You know, like, it didn't for me, but... I, I clearly saw, like, on the side of the terrarium where they had, like, cut a thing so, like, you, they could reach their hand in and, and like, it. fix it. Yeah. So, like, I could just imagine the embarrassment of the game master just being like, okay, I'll come in real quick. Cough, cough. Hey, guys, I'm here to just open this thing up, push it back yeah. over, close it back up, try it again. Uh -huh. You know, like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, like you said, like, the hint system, we've... We've kind of seen that before, and it makes sense with the story, but not. No, I they could have like done it. something more I clever. I think they should have been like. more clever with it. Yeah, like the the down the rabbit hole is so clever, um, and it works so well on theme mm -hmm. that you were just kind of like ah, you know. So like I I would really be curious to know what their progression was. You know what the better idea, of, the better story uh -huh. and hits and thing is for here. Okay, so instead of it's like our what was it nephew that's sick, this is a janitor who has worked there and he's seen some stuff mm -hmm. or something like someone who works there and has seen some stuff, but they know that they can't report anything themselves or to be obvious that it was uh -huh. there. So they are somewhere else establishing an alibi and we've been hired by them to get in, grab some evidence and get out. Yeah. I like that idea better of like, it's almost, it's like combining a break-in scenario with a find the cure scenario. Mm -hmm. Because like in the middle of it, you can say that you've been contaminated. Yeah. And now we have to find the yeah, cure, otherwise we're in trouble. It very much is sort of that break-in and find it, the cure. It, it's like that, but it's just like the story isn't quite there. Yeah. yeah so if they just fix the story a little bit like that, that'd be great. And then we can call the guy 
on the walkie-talkie cell phone thing, whatever. And then he could just have some random noise in the background, like he's at the parks. Like you have like a bunch yeah. of amusement parks. Like or, I'm at Disneyland. I'm in line for Pirates of the Caribbean. Like yeah. what do you want? Or you know, being that he's just a janitor and not a scientist, he maybe knows where things are and stuff. Yeah. But, so his clues could be purposely a little bit vague or, you or know, in, in character. Yeah, uninformed. Yeah, yeah. He says it in a really basic way or something. Yeah, like I don't know. He did something with some yellow goopy stuff. I don't know what yeah. it was. You know. Um, the other thing about this room, though, that's kind of, um, is it goes up to eight people. Okay. As, as Lord think... said, these guys are really good about breaking up the physical space yes. to make it not look like it's just your typical, like, this is my office. Uh-huh. In this one, essentially, it's like a hallway, you know, just wide enough for like maybe two adults standing shoulder to shoulder uh-huh. to fit in, you know. Uh, and then it breaks up into like a smaller room on the, or, you know, a slightly larger room on yeah, the like side the of like lab. a lab. Which is maybe wide enough if you took all the stuff out of it. Yeah. To do like three or four people next. But there's desks and there's equipment uh, stations and all of this. So like eight people in here. And a lot of the action takes place in the lab itself. Yeah. Well, but like so, at first, a lot of the action takes place in just the hallway. Yeah. So like I can imagine like five people in the lab, three people in the hallway. Once you're done with the hallway, those three people are just looking through the glass. Yeah. Just going like... What if you move that over there? No, no, no. Yeah, turn that around. Like, you know, kind of like talking through the glass. Yeah, I definitely think that's too many for this room. Um, I would say four is ideal, but um, I think I could, you, we, you and I could have easily done the room I ourselves. would be feel like you'd push it at six. Yeah, push six Eight, would be pushing it. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of a problem that a lot of the rooms have, to tell the truth, that we go to. Like, it just seems like they take... The number of people that it would be best at, mm-hmm. like maximum best at. And then they always seem to add plus two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know they probably in some cases think more about um, the how many they can fit and not as Which much. Which I get the idea of maximizing your dollar. But yeah. at the same time, you have to also realize maximizing the experience for your players. Mm-hmm. If I am going to pay $30 for an hour of time... And essentially, I get to watch other people do most yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then, like, I maybe do one or two things. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel as happy about that as opposed to if I just go to a group of four. Yeah. And I do 25% mm-hmm. of whatever it is. The good thing is um, Trapped is, um, they their rooms are all private. So mm-hmm. once you book, you're the only group. So they're not going to pair you with strangers. Yeah. So that's good, especially when you're talking about that ideal number. Go with four. You're safe. More people will not join and mess up that ideal number. If you're not confident that your four is strong, feel free to add on one or two more people. Yeah, but, but don't go to eight. Don't go past. You'll that. be squished, and there just won't be enough for you to do. Yeah. Um, I should remind everyone that um, Trapped has two other locations, including the Upland location. They also have one in San Dimas, um, which is more in the Los Angeles area, and that has two rooms. Oh, well, actually, it has one room and one on the way. Um, one's called Operation X-13, which looks like it's some kind of, um, cyber tech thing. Um, Once again, then, it looks like you're sneaking in to steal something. Yeah. And then the other one's, uh, Grandma's Surprise. So that sounds like another Okay, that sounds fantastic. One. I want to do that one. Um, they also have a location in Vegas. And Vegas has Lair of the Puzzle Master, which is also in Upland, which we have not done yet. Um, and it also has that Operation X-13 coming soon. Um, both the San Dimas and the Las Vegas locations are brand new. 
So, and then it does have another room that's coming called One-Eyed Jack, which looks, looks like, like a horror theme. It's from, a serial I'm looking theme. at a picture of a cabin in the woods with yeah. sepia tones. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, so. and so I would really, you know, like I said, the they have these two other locations, and being that these, they've just, these have literally just opened. Um, like, when we went to uh, the, down the rabbit hole, they told us, oh, our San Dimas location's opening, like, next weekend. Yeah. And then, like, right after that, Vegas opened. So, um, they'd definitely be worth checking out because they've probably, like, learned lessons and you're seeing, like, the newest stuff they've done. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that probably their newest stuff is stronger. And, I mean, I don't know how long they'll take to get these things up, but just keep in mind, we're recording this, like, you know... A month or so ahead of time. We usually record these like yeah. a couple weeks before we release the episode. Uh-huh. So in, that, in those couple weeks, it might be ready to go. Yeah. So like, definitely check out the site. What's the actual uh, site again? It's Trapped? Well, it's uh, just, you'll have to Google Trapped Escape Room, Escape Room because their their websites change depending on what location. Oh, okay. Yeah, like one's TrappedEscapeRoomVegas.com, the other's TrappedEscapeRoomLosAngeles.com. Okay, so just Google Trapped Escape Room. Yeah. And I, yeah, like as much as I, compare the down the rabbit hole with sector 13 my mind and sector Uh 13 loses in every category yeah it's still not a bad room no definitely not i mean compared to the the room that we will talk about in the previous episode of this podcast like this was one shoulders heads and shoulders like yeah it's it's not the best it's not going to break my top 25 room you know but it's still worth like suggesting i would first suggest the down the rabbit hole Uh but then i would and like well I'm pretty confident we're going to do Blair of the Puzzle Master. Yeah, that probably. I would be feeling remiss if we didn't get yeah. that, you know. It's, it's too close, and their rooms are too good not to mm-hmm. go see what it's like. It's like, okay, to use a baseball analogy if I can, this isn't a strike. This is a foul ball. Like, I hit it. Yeah. But, like, it took a weird angle. And yeah. And kind of, like, went off in a direction that, like, doesn't make it count. Yeah, right. and I would say it's, it's still a good room. I mean, it's just... We've done so many rooms that we know that, like, this could be better. Yeah. But I still think you will enjoy the room, and I still think there's some really clever things that they do in this room. Yeah, so it's it's worth your time if you've done the rabbit hole one. Yeah, yeah, or if you're going to go do two, you know. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go and, like, you know what, some, I like to do that. I like to, like, Definitely. back-to-back. Yeah, we like it because the thing is, when you get out of an escape room, the first thing you want to do is do another escape oh, yeah. room. Like, you're so excited. In fact, we actually, when we were there tried to do their other room but they were booked out for the day and we were like darn it yeah because i was like i'll put down money right now let's just let's roll it over you know <laughs> thankfully they're pretty close so it's not too hard to go see them again yeah but we'll definitely have to make a trip out to um either vegas or the what was it san dimas one yeah to try some of those other ones yeah definitely so now let's talk about something else we like our friday favorites So, my Friday favorite for this time, um, I've actually got a couple in my brain. Right, well, pick one, dear. Why do I have to pick one? Because it Lord... must be just your favorite. Sophie's Choice. Don't. <laughs> this is not Sophie's Choice. <laughs> no. It is far from Sophie's <laughs> Choice. No, honestly, yeah, I really want to go back and play Villainous again. Mm. You know, our friends have it. I don't. You know, yeah. but I really want. But they're out of town. Do you think I could. <laughs> break into their house. Well, not break in. <laughs> it's probably in their car. <laughs> no. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. that would upset me. Um, but I really want to play it again, even just a two-player game with yeah. you. Yeah. 
I'd and like just, to play it with less people. The problem was we played it with Oh, we six, played with the max capacity and, and it took forever. It took forever. It was like, we literally, I mean, we had a ton of games we took to this, this um, get together and we thought, oh, we'll play this first and then we'll play this other thing. And, you know, nope. and no, literally it took us like three hours to play this game. Oh, more than that. Yeah, yeah. it was forever. <laughs> and also because I think only our friend Chris Jana and I, and maybe our other friend Chris, we were the only ones who knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I really knew what I was doing because I was like reading everything. Videos, and every- yeah. yeah, so I knew how to play every character pretty much except for <laughs> Ursula because there was nothing online about her. But um, It did open up a good debate whether or not that's sort of like if you've watched all the videos, does that take away from the fun? No, not and for me. I think it depends on who you are. That's what I said. Our friend was like, oh, well, like, if you've done all those, why would you even want to play it? Because it's a puzzle and that I want to It's not going to be fun. And I'm like, trust me, he will have fun. Like, that's part of it, getting him I'm, excited to play Was I in character too? Yeah. I was, was constantly, yeah. like, playing cards, like, I have to find that blasted Peter Pan, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it didn't ruin your enjoyment at all. I was having class. <laughs> and you still want to play it. And, like, I really want to play either Maleficent or Ursula, because mm. I feel like those are the most like tricky to play and like you really have to like subterfuge a lot and like uh-huh. manipulate your deck as best you can and like you have to constantly balance a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but i would have fun with that you know i think if i played something like little john you know or jafar those are a bit too straightforward I and think... i would have too easy of a time yeah i would like to play uh jafar or the i think it was the queen of hearts yeah just because um, the people who were playing those were on the far end of the table from and me. And you didn't get a chance to And I didn't really get a chance to see how they played or what they were doing. So, like, I didn't get to experience those as much. So I'd like to play one yeah. of those so I can kind of understand what they were doing more. Yeah. How about you, though? What are you looking forward to? Um, well, so we had a recent... Um, one of our friends was in town, and we were waiting for some people to show up. And so we pulled out or loaded up, I guess you could say, um, a game that we like to play. Um, it's a digital game called Fibbage. Mm-hmm. And you can play it either on a computer or on uh, like a PlayStation, probably even Xbox. I don't know. I'm not an yeah. Xbox person. Um, it's part of the um, Jackbox games, and they have kind of like a whole set of games. Well, you can buy the game independently, oh, but okay. it's, honestly, it's better to buy the set because like it's you know, bundled cheaper that way. Yeah, and, and there's the a lot of games are ones. worth it. And also, they go on sale quite often. Yeah, and I mean, us personally in our group, Fibbage is the most popular. Mm-hmm. But the other games are definitely worth a try. You know, yeah, there's, like there's that one where you bid for art that you made on your phone. Yeah, that, was, like, that one. Garbage. That one gets like a lot of uh, laughs yeah. and stuff. But Fibbage, the idea is you are essentially they're giving you like a trivia thing, mm-hmm. and there's always like some word or like the kind of the subject of the sentence is missing and you have to fill it in with something that sounds reasonable yeah. or is just funny depending yeah. on how you're playing it and then everyone tries to pick the right answer essentially mm-hmm. and it like it just you know you you can be raunchy you can i always oh, play we always get the worst yeah i mean some people just play to say the funniest thing i always play to like try to trick people and that's mm-hmm. why i win a lot <laughs> because i'm pretty good at coming up with something that sounds correct <laughs> usually i play to beat you mm-hmm. that doesn't sound right <laughs> i play to win yes but then once i know that you're too far ahead then i just completely switch off mm-hmm. that goal and i'm like i'm just gonna go for the laughs maybe someone will throw me a pity vote oh, yeah. for like that was too perfect yeah you know? but it always it like you can have a lot of fun with it the cool thing is too i mean you play you're playing it on your phones essentially mm-hmm. um you can also play it on the computer if you don't like your phone isn't there or something but um people can actually play who aren't with you oh yeah we you actually can give them someone the code. from out of state because mm-hmm. all you have to do is just go online to the website 
at salons, they can give you the unique uh, room code that's mm-hmm. like four digits. They can get in anywhere. Yeah, so it's kind of fun because it gives you know you a way to play with people who aren't right there. We had one time where a friend. Um, he wasn't able to come to game night. He was at some other event and he was done with it, but like it was too late to come. And so they told him what the room code is and he was able to enter in as well. So, and it was kind of funny because he had never played before. So, so he's he like, really, what is this? He didn't really know well, what like he was doing. All the information on his phone as well. So he can see what's going on. So he can on. read what the question is mm-hmm. and he has time to answer and all that. Yeah. So it's just he doesn't get the benefit of being in the room with us. Yeah. But he can still enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even though you are playing with your phones and it's a digital thing, it like it's a really good party game it definitely is and i would actually recommend it as something to either begin or end the evening with you know yeah. like it's a good warm-up or it's mm-hmm. a good cool down from a bigger game true you yeah know? and you can kind of it's it's not too long so it's a good filler too yeah i i think each round or like each complete game complete session game. is only like 10 minutes uh-huh yeah at most so like and it's one of those ones that it's like popcorn like one more just just yeah, one more well, let's then, just do one more <laughs> you know it's very hard to stop yeah know? And then, of course, we always have the extra fun of, like, you get to put in, like, your player name. Into yeah, the and we always and have I, a theme. You're supposed to do it where Lauren, Greg, Robert, whatever. But always do, like, what if we were, like, the rejected dwarves from Snow White? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. put that in. What's our unicorn name? What's our... <laughs> what? Yeah, what's the name that people always tease you with on the playground at school? You know, yeah. like, Booger Face, you know? <laughs> Mine was paste eater, by the way. Oh God! I don't know why. Did I you like eat paste? Little bit. I'm, it's non toxic, Lauren. It says it on the box. I know. Okay. Well, I think that does it for this episode of Friday's Game Night. Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come and talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye.